Hey there, welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. I'm your host, Kristen, and this is the very first episode of season four. And I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be sharing new interviews with you, new conversations, and of course, new solo episodes around podcasting. If you've been listening for a while, you know that this show goes on a break a couple times a year. And during that time, I had some really great conversations and I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted the season to look like. And most things will be staying the same, but I wanted to mention a couple of new things. So first of all, I decided that something was missing in my interview episodes and what that was I realized was storytelling. And if you've listened to me for a while, you know, I love storytelling. I believe it's a really important way for us to connect to each other. And I realized that the interviews were more of a Q&A style. I would give you some background about each guest, but I wouldn't really get into their story necessarily. So I've added a new signature opening question. and. I'm asking my guests to tell me about a time in their life that they feel was a really pivotal moment in getting them to where they are today. And so far, it's had the effect that I was looking for. I'm getting a little bit more of their backstory, but it's still keeping the episodes succinct around 20, 25 minutes. So you get more of a sense of who each guest is what their journey look has looked like. And then of course, you get the juicy conversations and the tips and the takeaways. So that's something that you'll hear that's new this season. Now I'm sticking with the same closing signature question, which is what is your superpower? I really enjoyed hearing the answers last season. And I just love the energy that my guests have around answering that question, they really seem to light up when they're talking about their superpowers, which makes total sense because when you're talking about your gifts, your zone of genius, I mean, that's just a really great feeling. So I've continued to ask that question in my interviews this season, and I'm still really loving the responses. Everyone's different. A lot of people say, can I give you more than one? Which of course you can. Most of us have more than one superpower. So that question is sticking around. So you'll be able to hear what my guest superpowers are. And hopefully that will help you to think about your own superpowers. And so as far as my solo episodes where I talk about podcasting, give podcasting tips or advice or my perspective on podcasting, Last season was the first time where I scaled back a little bit. And instead of releasing those type of episodes every week, I did so every other week. I'm going to be continuing that in season four. It was a really nice cadence. And I felt like the things I talked about were things that I was really interested in. When it comes to podcasting, I feel like you can find a lot of information on the internet. You can find a lot of how-to's especially around the real like tactical things. And while I could create and I have created episodes like that, I don't really think that's where I bring the most value. I don't think it's what differentiates me from everyone else. I think the topics that I talk about when it comes to podcasting, they're a little more focused on things like storytelling, connecting with your audience, 
honing in on your voice, things like that, that go a little bit deeper. So those are the kinds of solo podcast episodes that you can expect when you listen to this show, because I know you can get all those other tactics and straightforward questions answered um, in other places. Okay, so let's talk about my guest for this episode. For this first episode of the season, I really wanted to kick it off with someone who has a really strong voice. And when I was thinking about all of my guests who are all strong women, it was a little hard to pick, but someone who kept popping up for me was Leslie Liu. She was one of the first people I interviewed for this season. She's a trauma-informed self-defense coach, and I know her from being in the same community, online community, but she just has a really powerful voice. She really, really believes in her work of empowering women through self-defense. And what I realized is that her work is literally saving women's lives. And I thought, well... What better way to kick off this season than with a guest who's really having a critical impact on women, underrepresented communities, by helping them tap into their own voice, teaching them how to protect themselves both physically and mentally. So that's how I decided on this week's guest for this opening episode of season four. I do want to give a disclaimer that There is cursing in this episode. There is mention of sexual assault within the first three minutes. Nothing in detail, but there's mention of that. And so if this is something that might be triggering to you, just be aware and make your own decision on whether or not you feel comfortable listening to the rest of this episode. But I know this is a really powerful episode. I know you're going to love listening to Leslie as much as I enjoyed talking to her. So thank you so much for coming back for season four. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm glad you're here with me. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey there, welcome back to the show today. I'm really excited to have this guest on. We are both part of this online community. It's a really great group of women and that's how we connected. And I thought, wow, this woman really has something to say. She has a strong voice. She has a powerful message. So I definitely thought, oh, she's going to be a great guest. And so welcome, Leslie Liu. Yeah. Sorry, that's a typical Leslie Liu fashion. I'm just so excited to be here. There's like lasers and fire beams coming out of my hand. (laughs) Leslie is so much fun, as you can already tell. Um, Let me do the typical like reading your bio and then we can get past that and just dive into the questions. So Leslie is a trauma-informed self-defense coach, international best-selling author, and she's the host of the Reclaim Your Voice podcast, which was recently dropped into the world. It's fantastic. And her mission is to save the lives of women and allies globally by helping them escape bad situations, stand in their power, and reclaim their voice, which, of course, we love around here because we're all about amplifying voices. I was hoping we could start out with you telling me a little bit about a pivotal moment in your life or your career or both that got you to where you are today, got you Um, here as this trauma-informed self-defense coach and author and speaker? Great question. 
I think it's a series of moments and blows to my gut and repeated suppression of my voice that has happened for nearly 30 years that led me to a pivotal moment that really set me over the edge to approach self-defense in a holistic way that I do and just say, fuck it, I'm going to go and do it how I will because I kept looking for a table to sit at and there was no table for me. So I said, I'm going to go create a table of my own. A little bit about kind of those moments that really are a part of who I am today and also just very rooted in my intergenerational trauma is being sexually assaulted at a very young age in a foreign country by a family friend who knew that I didn't speak the language. Fast forward a couple of years after that and being attacked on the streets, being held at gunpoint. Then we can fast forward to many flashes in my corporate career in which women of color that I looked up to that I thought would mentor me really sold me on that idea and really put me in my place and treated me like a dog and sat across from me and literally questioned my intelligence. And I sat across from a doctor one day who who said, because I was going to the ER several times and I was like, oh, can you just tell me what's wrong with me? And they said, well, you have a really, really bad ulcer. And if you don't find healthy ways to cope with this, then you'll potentially bleed out. And that was like my first indication of the cost associated with not speaking up. So fast forward to 2020, we're at the start of the pandemic. I am just starting Reclaiming Your Courage, my company. Um, anyone who started entrepreneurship, you know, I was in that place of being lonely, of having imposter syndrome, of not feeling like I was good enough. So wounded child Leslie was just there on her own, not really knowing which way to go. But I immediately sprung into action once the Atlanta spa shootings occurred that killed several Asian American women that looked like me, that looked like my mother, that looked like my aunt. And that moment just was rooted in so much pain and suffering and a reflection of all I feel like ancestral suppression and all these years of holding back and people pleasing. And because I was disappointed in how people showed up at that time or continued to make Asian Americans feel that level of erasure they were already feeling and just not knowing how to like be compassionate, I just like burst into a fireball and I couldn't sleep at night. And so ever since then, that's been the North Star in my business. Like my mission is to save lives because like we are literally dying by existing and looking the way that we do. There's two sides to it of society erasing and, and devaluing. And yeah, I remember the narrative going on around that, those murders. And it was just like, wow, really? Is that how we're going to frame this? You know, so that's sort of the external, but then like we can minimize ourselves, right? And that comes even from within a lot of our cultures, right? It's like, it's almost like a double whammy. Yeah, that's a perfect 
Right. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. And that is a message that is resonant with all women of color, not just Asian. I'm speaking from the lens of an, you know, one Asian American experience, but I think as women of color, I, and other marginalized groups can relate to this understanding that there's systems in place put to oppress us and systems and a narrative in place to pit us against one another. And so I always just in my gut wanted to fight against that messaging and not contribute to that narrative and really show people a different way. And that's why reclaiming my voice and helping other underrepresented communities really hone in on that because it is a form of healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit more. So that idea of, you know, when you take ownership of your voice, of your space, really, um, how, how do you find that healing and how is that more so for underrepresented communities? I know we touched on it in terms of feeling sort of that minimizing, just not being seen. The best way I know how to say this is that you go from a place of shriveling up isolation, depression, and anxiety. You go from a place of feeling like you're absolutely in a dark, cold cave to harnessing your energy in a way that takes accountability for your voice draws a line in the sand and says, I will not, I will not be broken. You can bend me, but you can't break me because it's very important when you're listening to your voice and people say, Oh, I don't like the sound of my voice. I'm like, but that is your power to claim. And when I translate that into self-defense, I'm saying, whose voice are you hearing right now is a very important piece. And it, 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 ties into intergenerational trauma. It it ties into the programming from systems of oppression. And so when we can unpack that and really focus on our physical and non-physical attackers and actually hear the sound of our voice, it is about becoming stronger self-advocates. It's in knowing that that voice isn't necessarily ours is the first layer of unpacking. And then, okay, well then what is true for me? What happens when I choose me and my loved ones and my community? I put a line in the sand and that voice is stronger. And then you amplify. And so I like to tell people it's healing because when you learn to raise your frequency, then your allies can find you. Oh, that's such a great way to put it. Talking about, you know, the voice aspect, you know, like you think about the voice in your head and it's so powerful and we don't always parse out the things that are truths and the things that are just things that we've heard that we're then adopting or regurgitating. Yeah. And I think it's about creating safer spaces for women women of color, queer folks, neurodivergent people, disabled people to have a say and have space and to cultivate communities where we can talk about these things that make us feel most vulnerable. And the fact of the matter is there's not enough spaces for us. And so I think about that because in the line of work that I do, people think, oh, self-defense, right? Poke someone in the eye, kick them in the groin. And I'm like, No, that's not it. 
And but I know that that's all that you know. But because of the pandemic and because the world, the way that the world has changed, we have to evolve the way that we defend ourselves. Because there's this awkwardness. We don't know how to interact with other human beings. People are a little bit unhinged. And so years ago, when I was teaching the traditional self-defense stuff, right? You go to the gym, people hold some pads and you kick it and whatnot. And I started noticing that A, most of these spaces are led by men and that's okay, right? But then there was also this culture of like toughness of like, hey, just do the move. Here's our agenda. Here's the techniques we're going to do today. And there were always a handful of people in the class who just were mentally constipated and stuck. And they couldn't get the techniques like so, so quickly. And that's where my work was birthed because I really started to take a step back and go towards them and say, well, what's going on right now? What's the story of how you got here? Whose voice are you hearing? And when you make it safe for people who identify as, um, at that time, I was working with a lot of trans youth in transition. I understood the importance of asking for consent when it came to physical touch. I understood what it was, what it meant to them to start co-creating spaces rather than just telling them what to do. And so I, I really took that as we can't just throw people into technique and physical defense because we have to look at this holistically. We have to look at it from the individual, from their identity, and from even some of their most painful and dark places. And, and in my methodology, it's like, okay, well, don't go away from that. We're actually going to claim that and use that as your personal power. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like you really make this effort to create spaces that feel safe and are just supportive of where people are, you know, meeting people where they're at. You talked a little bit about your approach being different in terms of it's not just about technique. It's also about, you know, where are you emotionally, um, where are you, yeah, on your journey? Is there, are there other things that you include that make your uh, approach sort of unique to the self-defense space? Because I know you um, definitely come at it with a, from a different perspective and with a different lens. Yeah. Thanks for that question. I mean, holistically, I look at it holistically. It's not just like, here, do the thing. It's really like, yes, let's meet you where you are. Let's build a foundation together of, as your coach, my role is to understand who you are, what you value, what is your social identity, what is your cultural identity? How does that intersect with the way that a potential attacker perceives you on the street or in the boardroom? Again, it's you may not feel physically threatened, but how are you faced in the workplace when you're trying to advocate for more pay or for that position that you feel like you've earned? How do you address microaggressions or that inappropriate racist joke? Right. And that's not a that's not something that you have a lot of space in traditional self-defense settings to really process and talk about. 
So as much as I'm interested in showing you how to hit the pad, I want to know who you are behind the pad. I want to know why you feel like your sense of self-worth is not of value enough to fight for yourself. Because time and time again, my clients have been attacked physically. And a theme that comes up is I didn't do anything because I didn't want to harm the attacker. And when you really think about that, that comes from deep-rooted cultural upbringing, familial upbringing, religion, a lot of things. And so really trying to tap into this mindset that your self-worth is where you have to really explore the healing before you get to the point to even feel like you're worth fighting for. So, and then you have to have a, a connection to your voice. I cannot just tell you to speak up. I'm not going to tell you what to say. You already know what you want to say. And so as my job as your coach is not to tell you what to say. My, my job as a coach is like, what do you really want to say? And what's holding you back from saying that? Or I'm going to help you with a strategy and a game plan for when shit hits the fan. So what happens when you use the pepper spray and you miss? Then what? What happens when you're at work and you advocate for yourself and put stronger boundaries around your time and then you get pushback? My role is to help you with the mind map and to set the intentions and to have structure around using your voice. So there's methodologies, there's tools that we can use together. And I didn't, I don't see a lot of that. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist out there. I just don't think that we have many spaces for trans folks, safe spaces for trans folks, for queer folks, for women of color to talk about their shared struggles around safety. It's just get into the class and hit the thing. So what you were describing made me think of you're really just getting like the whole story, right? And it's so valuable to have like context around the person, their experiences, where they're at, as opposed to just really knowing nothing, knowing zero about someone and then saying like, hey, do this technique or hit this bag. And it's just like, wow, how much more effective can you be when you have so much more of the puzzle right around this one individual and what they're going through and that's I think where you really begin to be able to help someone for me I think being someone who doesn't really deal with conflict very well or or really like in your face aggression really well I don't know that most of us do but yeah having something like a mind map or having a understanding of okay what's going to be my next step after that yeah. And energetically, once you tap into this power, it's going to be a lot more efficient for you. Energetically, you're going to be able to preserve yourself. People are going to be able like vocalizing boundaries is an act of self-defense. So if I can help you align your voice with your body and people start honoring your boundaries, you are going to feel a lot less drained and there's not, um, you know, I spend a lot of time with my clients and saying like, okay, so what is a boundary you want to set? And someone has to, I'm my, I think one of your questions is like, what's my superpower? So I'm just going to jump into it. My superpower is helping you look at your body and to see the disconnect between what you're saying 
and what your body is saying. Because if you're like, no, please stop, like, no, like you better get away from me. You know, like that's not very powerful. Your shoulders are inward. Your, your body's not exuding confidence. So as your coach, like I am like, well, what's the message that you want to deliver the non-negotiable? Let's practice the scenario. Let's have you say it and have you explore Like, how do you feel? Do you feel rooted in saying that? And a lot of the times the answer is no. So as your coach, I'm going to say, let's do some somatic grounding. Let's, let's get you connected to your body. Because when you connect your mind, your body and your voice, you're going to Hadouken anybody in the face and the chest. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, that's like where all the power comes from when you have all that all that aligned and together. Um, so I love that's your superpower. Can you give us some tips around navigating those really uncomfortable situations? Or maybe it's feeling like literally unsafe uh, where you're at. Do you mean physically? Both. I think to give people a little bit of a framework and a mindset, and if you want to kind of dive deeper in this, you can follow me, but you always want to start with setting your intention. So whether in a physical case, you are driving somewhere, you want to go to Target, make sure that you set the intention. I'm going to go in the store. I'm going to grab the Pantene Pro-V. I know where the exits are. I park. Just by setting the intention, your body and your energy is going to be a lot more confident than someone who's walking around like easy prey. So please stop walking around with your cell phone and stop chilling in your car like it's Starbucks. Someone can potentially be watching you because the psychology of the attack is four phases. Number one is identify an unsuspecting target. Number two, isolate and subdue. Three, exhaust. And four is carry out the assault. So just knowing that that is the psychology of the attacker to pull you away from the situation, to grab you, to do those things, to physically tire you out. I'm giving you that as my gift, that that is what's proven time and time again when you interview people who have been attackers in this sense. For non-physical attacks, I like to give the framework as to before you go into the situation that you know that is potentially going to make you uncomfortable, whether it's your a-hole boss or your toxic family member at the, the family party, you already know who the attacker is. Identify the attacker and then come up with one boundary statement that you can say. And that is going to be your anchor. When someone is pushing you and pushing your buttons and just a boundary statement can be simple as like, I don't have the bandwidth right now. We can revisit this conversation another time. Or I need space. Or just please stop. I'm not engaging in this conversation. So in both senses, physical and non-physical, it's I need space, right? If someone's about to push me or grab me, I'm going to say, take two steps back. I need space. If someone's being pushy about my personal life, I'm going to say like, I need, I need some space right now, right? That's not passive aggressive. That's not, it's being assertive. It's not being aggressive. And so that's what I'm just trying to dismantle for people. I think the assumption is in order to be effective, I need to be aggressive. And I'm like, no, energetically and in your body, your body has to align with your voice. That is so helpful, your examples, because when you said, you know, have a statement, 
I was going into something that was much longer and more explanatory instead of just well, like what, like what, what were you thinking of? I don't even think I could, was formulating a full thing, but I was going into like a story. It was just longer than, than what you were saying. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't even have to use that brain energy to go down the, it was almost like I was trying to come up with a justification. And that's such a key piece, Kristen, is that the, one of the top mistakes I see with people where they are overstretched right? And they're just like, please just help me. Is that we have a tendency to over explain our boundaries, but our boundaries are not meant for someone. Let me just understand so that you understand why I feel this way and why this is important to me. No, no, no. People are already going to tune you out. You just need to be clear and concise as to what you are asking for. That's the purpose of a boundary. I'm at the ATM. You're a little too close for comfort. I needed to take two steps back. That's it. No explanation needed. That's very clear. Right. Non-negotiable, right? My mama asked me when I'm having my third or fourth kid or whatever. It's like, um, like we decide, like I make the choice when that happens. And if that happens, mom, how does that land for you? I was just asking. You know, it's just, but you know, like that's. It's not up for negotiation. And there's uh, there's there's rhythms in conversations where it can be negotiable. Yes, no, maybe. But when it comes to your boundaries, if someone's pushing a physical boundary or an emotional one, you have to protect your peace. And it starts with one boundary statement that you can anchor yourself to. And so for me, a lot of times it's like, I need space, right? Like mama, needs, I need space right now. Back up. I told you to back up. So it's, it's stating the boundary and then it's reiterating the boundary. I just said the same thing, but energetically different. The first one is back up. I said, back up. I'm saying the same thing. I'm just reiterating. Mm. And, you know, like in communication, like tone is everything, right? And, and, and nonverbal language is 55% more power. That's where the power is. So that's why like that's where I get led up in my work is helping people hone in on that. I'm like, okay, well, you're saying this, but I'm receiving it as, as this. So as your coach, we are practicing, we are practicing making very clear and concise statements that hit people in the jaw. I love it. We, I, we need it. I know I need it. Um, And I, you know, I consider myself someone that is good at setting boundaries and I also have conditioning as a woman to be liked, uh, not be a quote unquote problem, you know, be amenable. And, and that can definitely play into how it feels to set a boundary. Um, So I love that you're sharing these really direct, simple, clear ways to do that. Yeah. And it sounds like, and my next question to you, uh, Christine, was going to be, what's, what's a boundary you have no problem protecting? I have low, low tolerance for bullshit and drama. So I don't really let that into my life. Amazing. What's one that you feel like you want to work on? I think if someone surprises me in a moment and I don't have time to process and they're like crossing a boundary Maybe it's something they said that's inappropriate. That's probably a good one. 
that makes me feel uncomfortable, makes me feel, I don't know if it's like a sexist comment or maybe a racist comment or, and even if it's not directed at me and like it catches me off guard, that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's really, really honest. And I think that's where we need more spaces to be able to talk about like this fear of being the inactive bystander. I know this is wrong, but how do I interject in a way that's not going to, that's going to like tell this person this isn't right, but like, how do I make sure that I'm not in harm's way? Yeah. Yeah. So I think being able to talk about these stealthy, like, kind of all of a sudden attacks is something in our communities of color that we have to talk about because racism, violence, everything is escalating at a, at a rate that's like we can't prepare for. And that's why my work is what I've devoted myself to because we have to be quicker. We have to sharpen our tongues. It's not about physical retaliation. There's an element that I help people with, but it's really like how to defend yourself without with without it being the first time you're expected to defend yourself Mm -hmm. yeah also it's just not having the muscle and not having really like a roadmap and so we have people like you to help create those spaces and the tools and all the things that we need yeah yeah I want to be able to talk about this all the time so that's what I'm saying that's why I have my podcast that's why I have all these spaces and I love talking to you even when we first talked about uh, me coming on the show and to have someone see it and may help me feel heard you know I just attribute it to your dedication to amplifying voices and I can feel that energetically and it's you know you're the reason why I even felt the courage to launch a podcast. And I tell you all the time, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm going to do it. But you're doing it because the message is, and the mission is more important than the fear. And so for any woman of color listening to this, it's like to go against the grain, to rock the boat, to not sweep things under the rug. Like, that's what I want you to take out of this episode. I love it. I love it. And thank you for that. I mean, it's, this is what I love doing and to have any kind of little influence or impact is so meaningful. And I love you. I love your show. Everyone go listen and we'll link to that in the show notes. But before we hop off, I want to want you to let people know how they can find out more about you, how they can connect with you and all the, all the things and all the places. Yeah. So if you want to creep on me, uh, I hang out and uh, rent a room in Instagram and Facebook at Reclaiming Your Courage. So follow me on Instagram. And if there's anything that resonates with you, like send me a message and I promise I'm not a bot or uh, and then there's all the links to my website at ReclaimingYourCourage.com and my podcast, Reclaim Your Voice podcast with Leslie Liu. And then um, if you are interested in kind of the power of connecting with a community for these marginalized, underrepresented voices. I I lead um, a free community, the Women Warrior Community, and you can join and continue these conversations like Kristen and I had. I'm a part of that community. It's a really fun place to be. Leslie's just fun. She's got jokes. She's got 90s references. 
she's just such a light. And um, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this really important information um, perspective with us. I know I learned a lot and uh, I know our listeners will too. So thank you again for being on the show. Thanks, Kristen. Hey there, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you're looking for support in sharing your voice in a bigger way, creating more visibility and growing your business with the podcast, click the link in the show notes and book your free 30-minute purposeful and profitable podcast clarity and strategy session. I'd love to support you in creating or growing your podcast. And this is one of the best ways to get some initial support and feedback from me. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.